So I wanted to just kind of clarify why I think real estate is the best investment. Uh, yes, better than crypto. Yes, better than stocks. Yes, better than a 401k. So uh, at least I would say for me, and I'll, I'll talk about why I say Welcome to the Instant Leverage Podcast, where we show you how to get maximum output from your life and business with minimum input. Please subscribe and leave a review. What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of the Instant Leverage Podcast. Uh, today, I'm going to talk about uh, actually a rant that I, that I did on Instagram uh, now about eight weeks ago. And I wanted to just kind of cover this in detail on the podcast, just so that there was like super clarity, because uh, a lot of times when I Instagram stuff and make points, I do it in writing, um, not always in video. So a lot of the like meaning is lost. So I wanted to just kind of clarify why I think real estate is the best investment. Uh, Yes, better than crypto. Yes, better than stocks. Yes, better than a 401k. So uh, at least... I would say for me, and I'll I'll talk about why I say that um, towards the end of the podcast, but let's uh, go ahead and get started. So I I have the 10 reasons outlined on my Instagram. If you go to uh, my Instagram at the JR Rivas, and uh, there is a section that says uh, one of my highlights, it says real estate. And um, on that section, uh, if you go through it, you'll see where I kind of listed out these 10 things. And that was the inspiration for this podcast. So number one, I would say is uh, get rich for sure versus get rich, get rich for sure eventually versus get rich fast. Maybe I think I heard uh, Hermosi say this once, and this is mainly in regards to crypto. Um, I think with stocks, uh, yes, eventually you will, you will do well if you invest consistently in the S and P 500 for the next 30 years or whatever. Right. So uh, I think the thing is with, with crypto is that, uh, we don't actually know what's going to happen, right? So people putting in like 70, 80% of their net worth into something like this, uh, I think is kind of silly because you don't actually know what's going to happen. Now, I'm not saying that uh, I'm right I'm right, I'm right, and everybody else is wrong. Um, I'm saying that we just don't know. So there's a good chance that, yeah, this could your crypto could 100X and your Bitcoin could be worth a million dollars and all this stuff. Um, but there's also a good chance that it could be worth zero because we just don't know. Um, we'll talk about that a little bit more in a, in a little bit. I just think that as a whole, we just there's just a lot of uncertainty around crypto. And you could sit there and say like, yeah, it's, it's digital gold and all this stuff. In reality, nobody actually knows. So because we've never, the only way to actually know is to point to a time in history where something like this has happened. And there just hasn't been that yet. Right. So I think that to go all in on it personally is not something that I would do. I know people, plenty of people that are like, I'm going, I'm all in, I'm hodling all that stuff. The reality is nobody fucking knows. And you're, you're, you're making an, I wouldn't say a gamble. I would say you're making an educated guess based on where crypto is going to go. I think that's great to do with money that you can afford to lose. But if you're trying to get wealthy and wealth is your goal, um, I think that's pretty foolish. So not that there's anything wrong with crypto as a whole. There's just a a few other things that I'll talk about on this podcast as to why I don't like it as an investment. 
as a, as a long-term highly, um, you know, large portion of your net worth investment vehicle. So number two, uh, real estate is a tangible asset that never goes to zero. So throughout history and every dip imaginable, real estate has never gone to zero or anywhere close. Multifamily, especially is a super secure asset class, plenty of stocks and cryptocurrencies have gone to zero. So even in uh, the recession, uh, the 2008 recession, real estate has never gone below uh, replacement value typically. Uh, and when it has, it hasn't gone far below replacement value. So uh, what that means is that when you, let's say you put in a hundred grand into a crypto, a hundred grand into a stock and a hundred grand into real estate, the stock could go to zero. The real estate could go to zero. I'm sorry. The crypto can go to zero, but the real estate, there's just a very, very low chance that it could go to zero. And even if it does, uh, it's insured, which I'll talk about in a little bit. So uh, what that means is in, in the history of humanity, there has never been a building that has been purchased for $100,000, just to use round numbers, and has gone to zero in any period of time. Uh, real estate typically appreciates, right? Now, there has been extreme examples like Detroit, where uh, industry has left, uh, you know, car manufacturers left, and that decimated the real estate market. Uh, but for the most part, even the people that just held uh, in the long term, they still managed to do okay, right? And and even today, you can buy you know very inexpensive properties in Detroit that will still make you 20, 30% on your money. So in fact, uh, if you've read if you've read the book uh, Zero to One, which I've talked about in the past on this podcast, Peter Thiel says that every company has a life cycle. So every company eventually dies, right? Every company is like a star. It's like a sun, right? Like it has an, a definitive start date and a definitive end date. And uh, he says the way that companies are valued are by how much revenue he, he's, he's making the case as to like, why have, uh, why has, you know, LinkedIn gotten a $25 billion valuation with like, you know, $75 million in revenue or whatever. And it's because the majority of the money that LinkedIn was going to make was post the sale date, right? Post evaluation date. So if you look at something like uh, PayPal, for example, which Peter Thiel co-founded, um, in at PayPal, the the PayPal's valuation and, and their exit was based on the fact that seventy percent of the revenue that PayPal was going to make in its entire life is post twenty twenty, right? So he uses this to make a case that every company eventually is going to be worth zero. So if you are buying an individual stock, I want to be super, super clear on this because nobody understands this. If you're buying an individual stock, eventually that stock will be worth zero. It might not be in your lifetime. It might be in your kids or your grandkids lifetime, but eventually that stock will be worth zero. Uh, And if you look at the S&P 500, um, take a quick Google. I don't know what the exact number is, but uh, over the last hundred years, there's only like two companies that have maintained uh, a spot on the S&P 500. So uh, what that means is anything that you're going to buy stock-wise is eventually going to be worth zero. There's been plenty of, of, of uh, cryptocurrencies that have gone to zero. There, ha- there just hasn't been that much real estate in the history of humanity that has gone to zero. Therefore, 
you're holding an asset that you know is going to not only going to be here, but most likely going to be worth a lot more than it is today, 100 years from now. The majority of companies uh, in 100 to 150 years, probably not going to be around even the company, even the, the largest company that you can think of today. So uh, number three, asset control. So when you're buying uh, when you're buying a stock, when you're buying a crypto, you have absolutely zero zero control over over where that uh, where that stock or that crypto goes, whether it goes up, down, uh, left, right, whatever, you have zero control. With real estate, if uh, let's say the market took a shit tomorrow and uh, we were suddenly upside down on our mortgage payments or whatever, uh, which would be very, very unlikely because we're just not that leveraged right now. Um, but let's say that did happen. I would say, well, what can we do with these assets? Well, maybe we can Airbnb them. Well, maybe I can make them buy the room rentals. There's something that I can do to recover. Uh, maybe I can refinance them to recover and make it so that we don't get hurt. Like I have plenty of control over what happens, right? Whereas with uh, stocks, let's say Elon Musk uh, has a, uh, a heart attack tomorrow. You have zero control over what happens to the Tesla stock. Uh, number four, and this one's super, super important because when I see people that are like investing in crypto in hopes to get rich, this is why, this is the biggest reason why I think it doesn't actually align with their goals. So they're hoping that their crypto will uh, 3X, 4X, 10X, whatever, right? So they're hoping to get appreciation on their investment. They're hoping that their investment will be worth more in the future than it is today. But what I think about, when I think about cash, uh, I think about cash as the only purpose for cash. Cash only has two purposes in life, to me at least. One is to live, live your lifestyle, right? And number two is to buy cash flow. Those are really the only two things that you can actually do with money. You can either invest in your lifestyle, you can give it away, or you can purchase cash flow. So when you think about it, if you are, let's say you do have a big score in crypto or a big score in the stock market, and now you suddenly have $25 million, well, the next thing you're going to say is, well, how do I buy cash flow? How do I invest this money for cash flow? Which is why like, we bought a building. Uh, we just closed on five units, which I'll, I'll do another episode on probably for next week. We just closed on five units in Florida. Uh, purchase price was 400 grand. They need about 75 grand worth of work. And they're worth uh, seven hundred. The after repair value seven hundred thousand dollars for these five units. So a question I get is like, well, why don't you just flip it and make you know two hundred and twenty five grand? And the, my answer to that is because w- once I flip this and I make two hundred twenty five grand, my next thing is going to be, well, how can I turn this two hundred twenty five grand into cash flow, right? Because the goal is to increase your passive monthly cash flow so that you don't have to work, right? So that you don't, uh, so that your your uh, passive income exceeds your active income. So when I think about that, and I'm like, well, why don't like our first property? I bought it for eighty. We put like thirty five into it. I could probably flip that one for two hundred. Like, why wouldn't I do that? Like that that building, in order to make two hundred grand, is going to take you know a hundred years or something, right? So why wouldn't I take that two hundred grand today uh, versus the twenty two hundred a month that we're getting from that building? And it's because once I make that 200 grand, I'm just going to say, well, how can I turn this 200 grand into a passive monthly income? So to me, and we've heard the saying before plenty of times, cash is 
fucking trash. Cash is garbage, especially with what they're what they're the way that they've been printing it now, which I understand crypto is a hedge against inflation. And for that reason, I do like it. Right. Uh, but cash is is ultimately fucking garbage. Like uh, Grant Cardone says this all the time. He's like, I wake up every morning. I look at our cash accounts and I'm like, how do, how do I unload this garbage? Like, how do I get this, this garbage out of my account and into some real assets, some real estate, right? So uh, when you're looking at crypto and when you're looking at uh, stocks, all you're really getting is the appreciation, right? You're not getting any cash flow with real estate. You're getting the appreciation because in 10 years, uh, on average, real estate, commercial real estate doubles every 10 years. So you're you're knowing that your asset that's worth a million dollars today is going to be worth two million in 10 years. And you're getting paid while you wait for that payoff, right? So you might be making 20, 30, 40, 50 grand a year while you wait for your asset to be worth. 2 million, right? With crypto, you're not getting, you're not getting cash flow. With stocks, you might get a, a small dividend, but a lot of companies, they they like, for example, I think uh, ATT during COVID, uh, they killed their dividend. A lot of companies killed their dividend. My real estate still still was producing cash flow, right? So I uh, you're the my problem with all of these investments is you get appreciation, but you don't get cash flow. With real estate, you dump your money into an, a real asset. You're getting the appreciation, the same appreciation that you're looking for uh, in crypto. And it might not be, it might not be 10x in the next year or so, but I know it's gonna happen in the next 10 years. And I'm getting paid while I wait. With crypto, you're just waiting, right? You're just waiting for that payoff for that day that you're gonna sell. And when you do sell, now you have the problem of, well, fuck, I need, I need to turn this cash into cash flow. Uh number five, it's tangible, right? So another Uncle G quote, uh, why would I trade a piece of paper for another piece of paper, right? So why would I trade a worthless US dollar for uh, you know, a piece of stock, right? A piece of paper, a, cert- a certificate that says I own 0.001% of this company. Uh, personally, and this is just a personal preference, I like to see my investment, touch my investment, know that it's there, uh, be able to know that I have this tangible thing that is there and set in stone. Um, number six, tax benefits, depreciation. With crypto, if you were to sell your investment, um, now this is another super important point. Let's say I buy $100,000 with the Bitcoin, it doubles. If I sell it in the in, within the first year, that's short-term capital gains tax. So it's heavily, heavily taxed, right? Um, with real estate, you can write off one twenty-seventh point five of the uh, of the building value every year for 27 and a half years. Um, so you get to depreciate that against your the income of the building. So just to, to give you an example of what that looks like, let's say you have a building that's worth $2.5 million. Divide that by 27.5. And I don't pay taxes on the first 90 grand that I make uh, on that building, right? So because of that, um, it makes it so that the, the real estate cash flow is even more valuable at that point. Also, uh, with crypto, let, okay, so here's another good example. With real estate, let's say that this, this million dollar building in, or this $2.5 million building in this hypothetical example in 10 years is worth uh, $10 million, right? Now I can do a cash out refinance and I can pull out, let's say, uh, 70% of the value. So I can pull out $7 million and that is a non-taxable event, 
So I can basically borrow against my asset, pull out the equity that I've made just in waiting and appreciation. I can pull that out and it's non, not subject to tax, not a taxable event. So with crypto, with stocks, if you hold for 10 years and you 10X your money and then you pull it out, now you just have a fat tax payment. Another thing with real estate is, uh, let's say I do sell that $10 million asset. I can do as of right now, uh, a 1031 exchange where I can roll those funds and roll that profit into another real estate deal tax-free. You cannot sell a stock at a gain and roll that income, roll that gain into another stock tax-free. You cannot buy a crypto and sell it as a gain and roll that income into another crypto tax-free, right? Very, very powerful, right? So next thing, is and I just kind of mentioned this is you can borrow against it tax free. Um, you also can borrow against your crypto. You can borrow against your uh, stock. However, um, with real estate, it's called a cash out refinance. So you can refinance your property. You can keep the property, keep it cash flowing, and uh, pull your equity out tax free. So uh, number eight is hard to lose long term. So. If you'd bought any piece of property in this entire country, uh, I say 98% of properties in this entire country, if you'd bought uh, 90 out of all the properties in the, in the country, about 98%, I would say, had you just thrown a dart, bought any one of those properties during uh, the, the bottom of the bottom of the market uh, in 2000 and, or sorry, the top of the top of the market in 2007, and then it crashed the very next year. Um, you would still be fine, right? So you would have recovered those losses at this point. And uh, if you could have kept cash flowing, if you bought it right and could have kept cash flowing, then you would have been making money this entire time. You would have been negative equity at one point, but you would have recovered and you'd be up today. You'd probably be up like 2X today, right? So even when you make a terrible, terrible buy in the long term, if you just hold, you will do okay. You can make a terrible buy in crypto and it will go to zero. You can make a terrible buy in stocks and it will go to zero. Or it just might dip 75% and never recover. Very, very rare for something like that to happen in real estate. Uh, number nine, it's insured against catastrophic loss. So uh, what I mean by that is if your building were to burn down or a tree were to fall through it, you would get an insurance payment. You would get paid out by the insurance company. And why this is very important is because let's say you're holding Tesla stock today and uh, you find out that Elon Musk had a heart attack or the Elon Musk gets diagnosed with cancer. That stock is going to take like a 50% dip overnight, right? And you, there's no insurance company you can call and say, hey, I need, you know, I need to take out an insurance policy against my life in case, in, unless my, against my stock in case anything happens to Elon Musk. They're going to, they're going to laugh at you, right? There is no insurance company. There's no way to insure your crypto. As a matter of fact, uh, if your crypto account gets hacked and you don't keep it on an offline wallet, it is not insured. It's gone forever, right? If your uh, real estate gets vandalized, that is insured. So your investment is insured. Not only are you going to be okay over the long run, over the 10 year span, but anything catastrophic that could happen is covered by insurance. There's no other investment that works that way. And number 10, and this one is also super important, 
leverage, right? So the ability to use leverage in real estate, you can control a hundred thousand dollar piece of property for a three and a half percent down or 5% down or uh, worst case, 25% down, right? So $1 is actually buys you $4 worth of real estate and in the worst case, right? That kind of leverage just doesn't exist when you're buying anything else. Uh, you can buy stock on margin, but that's ex considered extremely risky behavior. Uh, buying properties with leverage is not just encouraged, um, but it's to get, but it's, but seen as a stronger way to get better returns. And in most cases, the best way to get higher returns on your money. So um, not only do you get the tax benefits, the cash flow while you wait for the appreciation, it's insured against catas catastrophic loss, uh, but you can also leverage extremely effectively. And leverage in real estate is seen as wise. Leverage in the stock market and crypto is seen as pretty foolish a lot of the time. And as a matter of fact, I was listening to Kevin O'Leary the other day and he's like, never trade stocks on margin. Uh, he would not say that about real estate, right? He would tell you to be careful with your leverage in real estate, but never trade stocks on margin uh, versus, you know, use leverage to buy real estate. So uh, hopefully you enjoyed this episode. Hopefully this shed light on some things just to kind of close out here. I'm not saying that stocks are bad. And I think to kind of circle back to what I said at the beginning of the podcast, for most people, uh, you know, real estate is a huge learning curve and it's not easy to get started on. Once you get started on, it's really fucking fun and uh, the deals are amazing and all that stuff, but it's a lot easier to just take your, your 30, 40, 50, 60 grand and throw that into an S and P 500 fund or, or throw half into an S and P 500, half into crypto, just get the appreciation, miss out on everything else. Uh, but it's just much easier for the average person. Real estate is more time intensive upfront. Now I've spent months working deals and then we end up buying them. And then we spend months on the rehab, the tenants, the game plan, getting people out, getting new people in uh, with the help of our management company, of course. But once that all that work is done on the front, and now I know I have an asset that's going to pay me for the next 30, 40, 50 years of my life. So it is more time intensive up front. Uh, but once you have it up and running, it's much less labor intensive. However, the trade-off is number one, a lot of people, I'm not going to act like nobody loses money in real estate. I've seen people that we bought deals from that were, they were losing money for 10 years. Uh, and it was, it wasn't because the real estate was bad. It was because the person just didn't really understand their margins and what they're doing and stuff like that. Uh, but I have seen people not pay attention to their real estate and end up losing money. Right. Um, so I don't want to act like everybody makes money in real estate, but for the most part, from what I've seen, even those people, when they sell, they do make money. Um, However, it is, it is much less time intensive to just go out and buy some stocks, invest in Tesla or Fiverr or Lemonade or whatever, any one of those hot stocks right now. Um, it's much, much easier to just put your money in this and P500. And it's much easier to just submit a market order for Bitcoin, right? On the front end. But if you want all of the benefits that I talked to you guys about in this uh, podcast, it's going to take a little bit of work. It's going to be a learning curve. You're going to have to work hard. And, uh, but in the long term, I think it is going to be extremely worth it for you. So hopefully this brought light. Uh, if you're not following me on Instagram at this point, like I share all this stuff on Instagram first before I share on the podcast. So make sure you're following me at the JR Rivas, and I will see you guys on the next episode of the podcast. I'm probably going to break down that five unit deal, uh, because that was a, a fucking shit show to get that closed and uh, how we found it, how we got such a good deal on it, how we negotiated, uh, seller financing and stuff like that. 
uh, I will share on the next episode of the Instant Leverage Podcast. Thank you guys so much. Hopefully you enjoyed the last few episodes with guests. Uh, I think those were pretty, pretty fucking sick. So uh, let me know what you think of the podcast. Would love to hear your thoughts. Shoot me a message on Instagram at DJ Rivas, and I'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to the Instant Leverage Podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, I hope you'll leave us a five-star rating and subscribe. See you on the next episode. Yeah.